So we just went out for a cigarette break and I started playing music and just got carried away and did my whole massive gypsy routine and everyone just got overwhelmed. And then I walk inside and the fucking resident fucking thinks that I'm taking a picture of it. What the fuck? They, they, these people are gypsy fiddlers. That's what they are. They they are shutting down the gypsies in England. They're locking them up the homeless who are basically gypsies anyway. And this new Bluetooth speaker sucks. But I just rolled around. I've got a like a turban kind of thing. Like it's it, it looks Muslim. Um, I'm you know I'm uh, part of the Baha'i faith really. I accept all religious denominations and all religious knowledge as, as having correctly interpreted. The speaker is already needs an application. I just wanted to rant about the fact that this is what they're doing. They're needling gypsies in these places. They're locking up gypsies, needling them in these gypsies. Essentially, if we denominate Gypsy. These people are gypsy needs and gypsy fiddlers. Stop fiddling with the gypsies. Stop fiddling with the nomads. You're not mad. You just do our shit. We do rather than plan. We don't go into a fucking bullshit system of control. You hate seeing it reflecting back into your fucking bullshit games and fucking psychiatric. And they try and medicate away. Let's medicate away the gypsies. Let's medicate away the Irish. Fuck. Oh. The Irish will always fight back and we will always fucking win. <laughs> Infantry, the new St. Catherine Town. We need more members. We've already got a lot in here and there's plenty fucking development in our town. We're going to fuck our system up. Really need this way to play music on here. It's fucking irritating. My speaker's already crashed. hard. Reset it. Plugging it in. Anyway, that was a magic moment. Another magic moment. Magical moment. I just started doing parkour and my fucking. Zen and Taoist and ninja training. Basically. I'm a fucking ninja because I've been to fucking East Asia and I've fucked around with that shit. And don't fuck with them. They will fuck you up. <clears throat> just as the gypsies will, just as any fucking the art of Zen, the way of Zen, the way of the ninja, the art of ninja. <clears throat> People are just so overwhelmed by polymathery and overwhelmed by people that can do everything. Well, if you just got off your asses and started doing rather than indulging in bureaucracy hyper-consumption, then you might fucking actually realise that you do have a lot of capacities in your life. Rather than sitting around jacking off the fucking smart on your phone and fucking capturing images of people in indecent, collecting indecent images of people in the street, you perverts, and fucking sharing them in a WhatsApp group, just like the police and the 
schools do in the United Kingdom, then we might not have a problem. Ofsted came out and it was never went public, really, that 85% of students, in, something like that, 85% of students in school feel the victims of sexual abuse. I wonder fucking why they're being groomed online. It's all gone digital. The analog has been replaced with digital rape, essentially. And they're raping kids and people in these institutions with digital needles, with, with needles, one step removed from the phallus. It's just Freudian sexualized bullshit. And it's neo Catholic, not neo Catholic, it's evil Catholic, neo evil Catholic shit. And these fucking smug fuckers need to get the fuck out of here. They keep trying to medicate your way. Let's just give him more medication. You didn't even know who the fuck I was to begin with. This is who the fuck Jesse Bailey is. You fucking cunt. Leave the fuck alone. I got in here because my younger brother is a fucking dickhead. I'm going to call that fucker and tell him that he's going to fucking pay for this because you do not incarcerate your own fucking brother and abandon your fucking father. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck have you done in your life to fucking punish your own family in that fucking way? Stick them in a fucking prison. Call them fucking crazy. You sick fucks. What the fuck are you up to? Jealousy of your brother that managed to fucking get off his ass and fucking get through university, become an intellectual and travel the fucking world that you fucking engaged in your fucking drug dealing and all the fucking shit smart fucking fuckery that you engage in. You're all going to fucking pay. The police are watching you. Good on them. You better watch your fucking backs, brothers, because you're fucking going to pay for your fucking negligence. Now I have to sort through all my legal paperwork, which I gave them to staple, and oh, conveniently, they just stapled it the wrong way and mixed all the paperwork up. Thank you, office. Doing such a sterling job. Oh, but just staple it backwards just to fucking piss the fucker off. Fuck you. You think we're fucking that stupid? You think we're stupid enough to believe in fucking the fucking monkey pops bullshit? How stupid do you think these people are? Jesus fucking Christ. And that is not taking the Lord's name in vain. That is saying that Jesus Christ was the martyr that we should fucking worship for the fact that he stood up for fucking human dignity and we're doing the fucking same. Lord, well, now you go through, I'm going to go through my paperwork online. It's just lie after lie after bullshit fucking lie from Dr. fucking Sinclair, the evil sinner. Check out his fucking name, Dr. Sinclair. Sin. Sinner. He's the fucking sinner. And just conveniently, it coincides with Operation Mindcrime, Queensryche album, and the Doctor in that album, that masterpiece of anti-Big Brother fucking government progressive metal, is the... Charlie, I know you are the owner of this platform, I believe. It would be really, really nice to talk to you sometime. I'm a pluralist. I am enraged. <laughs> I'm also a comedian, but I am enraged. There's a lot of blank space in this show because I just 
get rid of the blank space after because I'm just ranting on the wind. If callers join in, I'm welcoming them. I'm trying to work out how to get music into the show in an effective way. I know other people have done it. I don't know how to do it. I need a laptop. But before, I was using a laptop with a speaker and then putting it through. But when it goes through the microphone, it sucks. Like I need a way of putting music, queuing up music into the show. That's what I'm used to doing on my own radio show. Surely this is the kind of thing that a radical free speech platform should be used for at the end of the day is sort of direct whistleblowing of abuse. I've just mixed up all my paperwork and I went through this systematically before and deliberately mixed it all up. Dr. Dear Mid fucking sinner, he wrote so much bullshit in this report. I'm going to read this letter that I wrote to the CCHR, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights, which is affiliated with the Church of Scientology, to Brian Daniels, who's an investigative psychiatrist who's doing sterling work there. Actually, I need to try calling him again. Didn't answer today. I don't think he wanted me to do this, but God was telling me different. I didn't have any choice in the matter. You see abusers speak out, and they're abusing a 20-year-old child, to be honest, because his mental age is that of a 14-year-old, I would say, and they are needling him, and it is just abhorrent. <sighs> Dear Brian, this was written on the 12th of August. Dear Brian Daniels, I write to you after now being incarcerated under mental health laws, section 2, here in the north of England. I am shocked and appalled that this has happened in my home country after it also occurred in Portugal for three weeks in August of last year, after an apparently psychopathic recovering heroin addict housemate conspired against me. I see both instances as a result of less than nascent fascism, best understood in the terms of Guattari and A.S. Neal, as the ethic of all hate is self-hate writ large. It appears that much of the time, the problem people have with me is simply one of jealousy and that I am perceived as talented in my practical application of my personal philosophy, which is eclectic and combines a wide range of spiritual practices, a clear anthropology and social critique. I think many people fear it as potentially cult-like, but that says much more about them than it does me. Over the past several years, I've spent time engaging with the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Church of Scientology, Zen Buddhist organizations, visited mosques, Taoist temples frequently, all across Mexico, Taiwan, and England. This has emerged from a sustained engagement with childhood, teenage, and adult trauma, including multiple near-death experiences, and as a victim of sexual abuse or psychological torture in the form of forced medication and imprisonment. This process of awakening began when my father and I decided to visit Cuba at the last minute as part of his April 2019 visit to Mexico, where I lived for five years and am a permanent resident, to which I am endlessly now trying to return. His sister, a writer um, whose name, uh, Rosemary Bailey, suddenly a travel writer, suddenly passed away and she had regularly visited Cuba with her husband, a journalist, and someone who spent time with Castro in the 70s. During this trip to Cuba, I had a near-death experience that led to a sustained panic attack culminating in respiratory arrest for about 24 hours. I suspect I was stung by a box jellyfish and suffered from Irukandji syndrome. 
a rare event that leads to severe physiological distress and feelings of imminent doom. As a result of this event, I developed significant ontological, ontological insecurity, leading to difficulty discerning reality. This ended with me fleeing a hospital um, and seeking assistance from the Spanish embassy in Havana, which was declined, before being taken into custody by the Havana police, who provided exceptional assistance in helping me establish what was going on and in getting me back to Mexico. Unfortunately, since this event, I have been increasingly characterized and labeled by friends and family as disordered, manic, bipolar, etc., etc. All labels that attempt to pathologize a spiritual experience of rebirth that has had untold repercussions for the way I approach my life. Namely, that every day is now perceived as icing on the cake of what has been a life of exquisite adventure. It's rather tragic that others continue to try to write a narrative for this part of my life that is tediously boring and uncaptivating, seeming unconscious aggression designed to make them feel better about their own lack of satisfaction in the trajectory of their own lives. This leads us to the present. After being denied boarding on a flight from Taipei to Mexico via Tokyo and LA, which utilized the very last of my financial resources, for reasons related to visa concerns that were unfounded, I was transiting Japan, not visiting, and to monopolistic business practices, transit was only permissible using the same airline, Singapore Airlines, via Scoop. I was stuck in Taipei Airport for five days. Eventually, in agreement, reluctantly, with immigration, I was deported to my home country of England. On arrival, I was rushed into transportation with my father onto a train that ended up cancelled. We eventually made it to Victoria Station in order to take the bus to his home in the north of England. After I decided to stay in London for a night, stupidly, I eventually met with my father at this home in Thurcroft near Rotherham, outside of Sheffield in north England. Upon arrival, it became clear that he had been made outcast in his community and very few people wanted anything to do with him. As a peace-loving hippie, I sought to do as, as much as possible um, to help him out in the conditions he was in. Right, let me read it from my phone. Do as much as possible um, to, to, to reduce um, his, his situation as it was clear that he had dementia and that this had been ignored and unacknowledged by the family, his community, and social services. And this Dementia had become so severe that he was incapable of basic financial management, unaware of current savings or forthcoming benefits, etc. The ability to care for himself beyond the very elementary basics also meant stocking his kitchen and preparing meals. Throughout this period, I was personally suffering from sleep deprivation, travel sickness, jet lag, and post traumatic stress after having been the victim of police corruption in Taiwan that resulted in the theft of nearly all of my belongings, including my laptop, which contained my last words. This all contributed to significant tension and frustration in the relationship with my father, uh, who sought to wallow in self-pity and hate whilst I strove to get him up and active as he remains physically able. And facing his, uh, and I wanted to get him to face his demons, which are many considering he spent much of his life with a serious drinking problem, including drink driving problems. During this period, his general laziness and resistance to admit 
failings and take responsibility for his past became, became increasingly insufferable. <clears throat> this made me turn to anger rather than love in terms of motivating him. Although it really did remain tough love throughout, this was the extent of violence possible for someone you inherently care about after all. And I have always been an adamant defender of my father despite his torture. Nevertheless, he became somewhat intimidating clear to me that this was this was due to the approach's effectiveness rather than out of genuine fear. A son who knew full well would never seriously hurt him. This the guilt that this man has and his belief, frankly, and his unwillingness to confess to any meaningful sins leaves one in a state of shock sadness. After finally succeeding in getting him out of bed and assisting with the, the redecoration, de not redecoration, of his vacuous house in seven years, he remained trapped in a state of resistance to helping himself. This culminated in a moment of acute unconscious truth when I bent over to take him fear out of the freezer and he expressed sexual arousal on his face. This shocked and appalled me and I quickly gathered my belongings in order to get out of the space in this toxic situation. Unfortunately, being panicked and not right of mind, my subsequent actions and behaviour were quickly misinterpreted as psychotic rather than post-traumatic. Continue to misdiagnose, label, belittle, dismiss, and otherwise abuse. Let me jump to the email that I sent him. Can't read that anymore. <clears throat> Subsequent actions of behavior quickly misinterpreted, psychotic. How they continue to misdiagnose, label, belittle, dismiss, disenfranchise, and otherwise abuse me. It's important to remember that at this point I was severely sleep deprived, having not stepped in my own space and had any privacy to literally to men. Add to this is this move an entirely different time zone, but allow a difference when you have an extreme cocktail of vulnerability to psychological distress and breakdown. Unfortunately, the system is too ready and wanting to compartmentalize and reify its own institutions and categories of pathology. Such that it will throw those in such a position under the bus of psychiatric persecution before being prepared to give them the time of day for recovery free from judgmental pharmaceutical insanity. When I fled my father's house with my one string guitar and stuff for a possible night on the street or in the park or whatever, it was plainly idiotic and comprehensible that I included a sheath in my stuff. This wasn't ostensibly being carried for protection, it was a general tool for carving my guitar for percussion purposes. Continue to renovate an incomplete, spiritually unbalanced Taoist tattoo on my upper left arm. However, having had having had spent time in both the two main drinking establishments in the town of Durkhoff the night prior, I had caused rather a stir with my largely anti-fascist, pro-difference, difference-resistant identity, pro-embracing death, and choosing life positions that put me at odds with the community that had been brutally trapped in other hate and self-hate. It apparently had not understood even a modicum of the Northern Solomon. It was this socio-cultural context that then gave rise to the ostracization necessary to put me behind bars and my father performing them there. Through this community that manufactured a fantasy narrative around me that included me carrying and threatening people with baseball bat, it was in fact a signed novelty eight-inch cricket bat that I had been using as a clapping aid around my delivery. I was subsequently picked up by the police from a bench outside one of the pubs at the behest of my younger brother, it seemed. In fairness, they were clearly doing this on the one hand to protect 
effectively from the raging mob that appears to be growing in town, particularly stemming from a woman who's sexual overt in the miners' club, no less, including her, included her alluding to fucking me with a strap on, um, or raping me with a strap on, that had been right outright condemned by me to their rightful place as disgusting rapist perversion. I do wish, however, that instead of insisting on further on further protecting me from a, a record, the police simply process me through the criminal justice system for breach of the peace, or whatever, and let's it at that. But now I find myself incarcerated in a noteworthy postmodern prison whose system of abuse is alarmingly sophisticated in operation. Although I always emphasize that inevitability is always more important than intentionality in the system of control, one must also remember greatest conspiracy of all is that there are no conspiracies. This is to say that one is constantly left with the sense that there is agency behind the madness, that there is a they behind the doing. Upon entry to the psychiatric hospital, I was immediately medicated at this point, and for a further two weeks after, I was left in the dark about the nature of the medication, by my repeated insistence that I did not want it in my body. Moreover, expressing my continued belief that forced medication is tantamount to rape, i.e. putting something in someone's body against their will. Although much of the time the system does this by holding the threat of the needle, ballast behind the pill, making the whole situation closer to the experience of day rape, which is, very, which is the very childhood teenage trauma from which some of my mental health problems stem. Reliving such an experience as part of treatment seems alarmingly inappropriate in basic psychodynamic terms. Whatever the case, the system is too ready to medicate. In scientific terms, it never allows the assessment of for medication? Why are patients not given time in seclusion prior to medication? Why is the baseline subjectivity not established prior to rushing to allegedly miracle medication that instantly stabilizes patients on the one hand, but neurochemically takes weeks to take meaningful effect on the other? How can the system, or doctors, nurses, etc., possibly have any understanding of a patient or individual as a person or personality without having experienced them without the effect? or otherwise of chemically powerful agents of attempted mind control. Nurses frequently comment that you seem to have calmed down so the medication must be working without a hint of seeing that they are affirming the consequences. Indeed, even the doctors prescribing the medicine don't seem to understand the basic fallacy at the heart of the issue. Considering the side effects of the medicine are numerous and in my case primarily mean restlessness, agitation and inability to urinate in a relaxed fashion, it's alarming that no non-medicated treatment options are either offered to patients. Talking therapy with a psychologist is now happening, but it's two weeks to be offered and is only given in conjunction with medication. In other words, within the system, you are required daily to put an essentially unknown substance into your body against your will as treatment for a disorder only ever diagnosed whilst under undergoing said treatment. The whole approach is primarily abusive. It attempts to mind control patients via the body. Ostensibly, in my case, aripriprazole, a vilify what, modifies apparent dopamine overactivity in the brain. Even if the neurochemical approach to understanding the human mind has some credence, I don't think it does in terms of causality, dopamine is keenly associated with happiness. So in effect, imminently, antipsychotic medicine that attempts to reduce dopamine attempts to reduce happiness. In other words, according to this position, mania or psychosis an event that involves an excess of happiness. Why on earth would a society wish to meditate away the very thing that it is allegedly set up to pursue? 
Such a question immediately points to a social explanation for the very existence and creation of such disorders vis-a-vis -vis the curve. A genealogy of mental health that moves far beyond the simple biological focus in which the fragility of the human ego in contemporary society becomes apparent in its defense of the mediocrity as a disposition that finds the driven, motivated, empowered subject of mania or psychosis to be overbearing, irritating, unacceptable, delusional, etc., and ultimately is something or someone that must be shut down. Manic or psychotic subjects are historically change agents, and the system and its subject resist change more than ever, finding increasingly sophisticated postmodern layers of representation behind which change is prevented and or re-territorialization so as to fit or defend existing structures. Of course, once you have some awareness of the medication you are taking, i.e. the doctor nurse is finally giving you the leaflet and the packet, there is an increase in the patient's consent when proceeding to taking the medication. Although in my case my continued consent stems from the fear of being forced, strapped, handcuffed, assaulted, stripped, and jabbed by a multitude of heavily armed police security officers, as occurred in Portugal on those occasions. In other words, it is PTSD that keeps me in line and afraid of the consequences of non-compliance. This language they use is one of prisoner guard, slave slave owner, or even tortured torturer, not one of patient, doctor, or treated teacher. Indeed, this language continues to reveal that the whole arrangement of forced meditation is about authority, not about treatment. In other words, that the medication is mind control, not in the sense of its substantive chemical content, but in its enforcement of corporeal authority over the patient's subject by the doctor's state. It's precisely this arrangement that is so abusive to those victims of such attacks. Aside from this loss of ownership over the body, which is philosophically tantamount to sex slavery, or more sympathetically, a profound infantilization, is the corresponding totalitarian surveillance in these institutions. Although it's worth pointing out that the loss of privacy associated with technology increasingly reduce the gap between the prison and the world outside of prison to almost negligible proportions. We are being watched basically at all times, wherever we are. Nevertheless, the postmodern abuse of the system is felt much more readily when those who engage in your surveillance via cameras, heat sensors, infrared, etc., are right there every day, i.e. nursing, support staff, doctors, etc., rather than in some central intelligence agency, i.e. GCHQ, CIA, etc. The observation quickly enters into the hyperreal of reality TV, where the patients become participants in the game of the watchers' making. Of course, the watchers are themselves part of the game of the watchers who watch the watchers, and so on and so on. This watching, rather than observing the patients, happens most at night, where staff literally appear to watch and laugh at patients who can see. This is an abhorrent and unethical practice of ridicule that is perhaps even more abusive than forced medication on how it makes patients feel and suffer. Transforms the patients into, into an unwanted performativity role where there is an expectation of them to be an interesting member of the community purely for the sake of the staff's entertainment. This is the most apparent in them permitting me to retain and play my acoustic guitar despite obviously breaking a variety of rules. I'm sure that were inadequate digital forensic were, were adequate digital forensics investigations carried out in this institution, there would be all kinds of inappropriate communication, bakery, image sharing, WhatsApp groups, and so on, uncovered in the psychiatric establishments. This has been in the case in the police, in, in the schools, in the UK, and Wickham in general. The problem with contemporary surveillance is that the layers so distance us from reality that it all becomes a game. Seeing life as a game is, is both liberating in its power in, in the users to play their game, but it's 
daytime, it reduces the seriousness of the situation to nonsensical levels, such that the very real deprivation of liberty is classed as being comparable to a hotel stay or as an extra in some reality TV show, depending on which watching you watch. At a social level, as per the total surveillance state experienced in Taiwan, this leads the subject tragically to the point at which they no longer know if even their sadness means anything substantive. This is the social psychosis of late capitalism in 2022. Is crime even real anymore? What a tragic state we have reached. Is there anything more abusive than that? I look forward to hearing your response. I have just today been informed that I am now under Section 3 order and have been transferred illegally and unlawfully to a private facility, which means the above felt oppression of the body, forced medication, the mind, language, compliance, and the soul, spiritual castration may continue for up to six months more. Muggy schizophrenia, i.e., bipolar disorder, is alive and well in the UK in 2022. The gypsy is the psychotic, is the mania. The Irish is the mania, etc., etc., etc. I'll end it there. I'll speak to you sometime. I will be launching my progressive show hopefully later today once I've finished. Mess is my favorite to stab, to photocopy, and clip, and they can do it. Either intentionally disorganized it or just ended up disorganized. Thanks for listening.